0: Hello, readers. Welcome to 20 Questions with Your Favorite Author, where we ask authors important questions like, why would you agree to be on this podcast? I'm Kelly Lynn Colby, Editorial Director at Curse Dragonship Publishing. Our guest this week is Mike Jack Stumbos, spec fic writer and believably normal school teacher. Mike is the author of the space opera series, The Fine Crew, and is a first place winner of the Writers of the Future contest. He has short stories... In several anthologies, including one alongside Brandon Sanderson. When he's not writing or teaching, he's hanging out with his wife and their parrot. If he's not your favorite now, he will be after. Yay! Welcome, Mike! How are you in this fine evening?
1: I'm doing well, Kelly. Thank you for having me.
0: Excellent, excellent. Welcome, yeah. welcome. So, are you really believably normal as a school teacher?
1: No, not, not really. <laughs> um it's a mask that i occasionally sometimes try to wear um every now and again my students will attempt to apply other adjectives to me that don't really fit (laughs) like sometimes they will try to tell me that that i am quote chill and i'm like i'm like no no i'm I'm not i'm not at all chill like i can be relaxed about certain things i can be intense about certain things i will get angry about you about this i am never going to be the chill teacher sorry we're just we're pulling that away right now
0: just cuz i'm organized and not screaming all the time doesn't mean that i'm chill. Yeah. And what do you teach? Ooh, that's a long question.
1: Um i have taught a lot of different things. I so yes, i am i'm am, i have my masters in teaching and a long enough background of different things that i'm sorted to teach english language arts, theater, math, and English is a foreign language. I got my, uh, you know, international TEFL cert as well. So, so those four things, and then whatever else tacks onto them, which is quite a bit. So, I've also taught um, a lot of things related to theater, like like set design and lighting. Um, I've taught film studies, and I have frequently been put into uh, test prep teaching and tutoring. So, I've taught ACT, SAT, AP, so on and so forth. Um, yeah, so I did three years of English at public teaching in public school, three years of math teaching, and um, a little bit of, like, mix and match from there at a at a private international school. Um, and then afterwards, I've been substitute teaching and picking up two to ten-week gigs, usually, once again, in English or math, wherever they need me to fill. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yes, I, I teach a lot of
0: things. That's one way not to get bored. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mystic bored. wants to know, what age children do you normally teach?
1: I. Uh, I originally started with like high school, and that meant that I was always put into freshman classes with one other age group. Um, and then it expanded. Uh, I have worked with a, a pretty big range by now. And when we started moving things online, with you know everything shutting down with COVID, I was like, "Hey, this is a great opportunity to teach some you know creative writing classes and theater classes from home to kids." And I ended up having a lot of like, you know, six to ten year olds in these workshops, and so oh. sort of. Hopped back to that, and yeah, and and that was, that was actually a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> we'll dive be back into mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> you could just yeah. be nice, you really don't have to be that critical. Eh? I, I yeah. would like that. I think I need that a little bit, maybe.
1: It's very easy to be nice in online teaching if, if nobody's worrying about like a specific grade or graduation date. True, mm-hmm. true.
0: Or you know, about to send their novel off or their short story to a big contest. Do your students know that you're an accomplished writer who won the Writers of the Future contest?
1: i think that most of them don't know what that is um amusingly enough in some of the workshops i I use writers of the future like collections and and other short story collections as sort of examples and workshops and so i have had students this is not a copyright violation i'm noting that in advance i have had students (laughs) read through like the opening page and a half of a story and then we pick apart the different pieces and we're like all right how would you want the story to finish and write it from there? And and I've used Pieces from Writers of the Future for that because frequently they have fairly vivid beginnings and Mm -hmm. they have various hints to the world that, like, kids want to tease into. And I pre-read them to see if there are any adult themes that I should shy away from and then I skip that story and use a different one.
0: Yes, that's clever. That's a good way to use some short stories, too. It's very nice. So the story that you have in there, first of all, congratulations. That's pretty awesome. Thank you. Yes. Um, And secondly, is the story a standalone piece or is it part of the This Fine Crew universe?
1: That is something that I actually can't comment on. I have been told (gasps) I'm not allowed to talk about any of the the content of that piece because so since it was since it was one of the quarterly first place winners, um, I'm up for, you know, the the potentially the Golden Pen Award, so on and so forth. Knock on wood, whatever other kinds of charms or superstitions you'd like to do to root for me. Yay. Um, (laughs) But I'm, I'm not allowed to talk about any specifics about that story. So. Uh, so, yeah, it's so I've, been, I've been sitting on it for, um, I'm not sure how long now, like, since I submitted it back in December of 2020. Um, oh, <laughs> there are oh very few gosh. people who have read it um, other than, like, my wife and my brother and my parents. And it's like, uh, we're, we're just, we're just kind of keeping it there. We're like, all right, not gonna, Shh. yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's hard, right? You have this awesome thing and you can't tell anyone about it except that you want to. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Oh, that's cool. Well, that's right. Yeah. After you win the whole thing for the year, then um, I'll be ready to hear all about it.
1: There we go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See?
0: Yep. Put it out there. Put it out there. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> they're playing with bots in the chat. It's very distracting. Sounds um, fun. Let's see. Friday Blue wants to opposite. know.
1: Yeah. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> Friday Blue wants to know, what of your books or stories was the most enjoyable to write?
1: That is a good question. Um... I think the one that i had the most fun with novel length was was the first of the this fine crew books um, because that one i went into with literally no outline and i was just like i need something i need something fun and engaging for myself that i can just have a go at and i had a i had a concept of these characters i had a universe that i had been building for a while and i knew a situation that i wanted to try to build people into that was like a little bit weird and hard to orchestrate and, and seems like a Shakespearean farce when it all comes together in terms of the various pieces that you have to orchestrate. Um, but it just seemed really fun. And so, yeah, so I, I just sat down and started writing it and didn't really stop. I didn't do anything weird or out of order. I didn't, I never ran into a writer's block moment on that one. Um, not that that doesn't happen for other pieces, but that one in particular, mm-hmm. I didn't run into any writer's block. I didn't really like get to any point of, of, worrying too much about it except for one moment and my wife will attest to this like close to the end i'm like hmm i wonder if the ending is climactic enough do you think it will be and she always laughs at me when i say that because then she reads and she's like yes the ending is totally climactic enough and, yes, it's and you good, don't man. have to worry about it, just write it yeah um <laughs> in terms that's
0: good of, you're just you're worried about yeah. reader experience that's a good thing for a writer yeah. to be i think yeah
1: in terms of short stories um i've had a lot of fun with different pieces and like you know once i've once I finished the, the previous one, the most fun one is the next one that I'm thinking of during my drive that distracts me from whatever audiobook that I'm listening to. Um, and, and, yeah, then I just want to go write it.
0: You're like, I must do this now. I have ideas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I love the idea in This Fine Crew that you have humans are known as the species who make war. So you have yes. all different species and they all have different reputations. So humans yep. are the ones that make war. But now they want to redeem themselves. Yes. So, where did this idea come from? where Where was that spark?
1: Ooh. Um, so this actually starts a few years before I started writing this book. i I play Dungeons and Dragons and other role-playing games. This is probably not a shock to a lot of people who have met me or who are hearing this this interview. Um, and yeah, so I, I I GM, and I have frequently been introduced to space opera ish role-playing systems and i don't like any of them not to sound like a negative nancy here but like so many of them are reskins of of the, the the d20 power track or something else like that and i'm like i really don't want something with levels or hit points and so i started creating my own universal space opera role-playing system that was all about like each episode there's a situation your crew has to work together and you know find their synergies investigate the problem Figure out whatever the thing is, fix it by the end of the episode. Yay, we move on. Like Star Trek, Stargate, Battlestar Galactica, anything with Star in it. Maybe less Battlestar Galactica; they don't always fix it. Um, the old and, one, maybe. And so I, yeah. <laughs> and so I started, and so I started like just drumming out ideas for what originally I wanted to be a totally universal. You can do any kind of space opera in there. Um, and along the way when writing out examples i came up with uh the template for various archetypal species you know and and so and that's what i called them at first they didn't have their original names they were like the big hairy warrior race who is your your wookiees slash klingons and there was the uh the hive mind insect race which we can pull directly from uh ender's game if we want to start there and then move on from (laughs) from that direction um the cold-blooded reptilian race uh, and and so on and so forth. so this was this was the process. And so by the time I was drumming out these examples and like these little italicized paragraphs of, here's this funny thing that would happen, it's like, well, I have a universe together. And I started trotting out little story story ideas and and then this one kind of emerged from it. So the, yeah, so that's the long answer to get to to where we are here. In this particular universe, all of the species have some kind of reputation, and the humans were only brought on the scene because one of the other species, uh, needed somebody who was willing to blow things up more than they were, and they're like, "We have heard about these humans from other aliens who go and buzz by their planet. We're going to get them on our side and have them blow up our enemy." And so that's how you need something blown
0: up. The get. humans were like,
1: <laughs> "Right, exactly." So that's the humans establish their reputation. They they brokered a deal with uh, another alien species who was like, "You know, we can deal with your environmental stuff and your your propulsion issues. We can help you get to other stars and settle the planets. You're going to help us blow stuff up." And and thus a reputation was forged, and they're like, "Well, drat! Now we're now we're the military ones here."
0: Yeah, I love it. I love it. It's just it's such a clever idea. Oh, you brought up D and D, where we're very much about D and D around here too. And Og wants to know, what do you think is the best D and D race, and why is it gnomes?
1: I have played gnomes before, and they are fun. Um,
0: See, they're fun. Og, write that down.
1: Yeah, I think that the best ones are the ones that were, like, later eliminated or, or they had to seriously level adjust. Like, there was that period when, when like, I think it was 3.0, kept adding on other stuff. And the people were like, oh, no, this breaks the game. We need to level adjust like crazy. Um, <laughs> my personal favorites are usually to play halflings or gnomes. And then I usually play characters who are, I will call them playful good. Um, playful as opposed good. to Yeah, that, that is my alignment. A lot of people try to go super chaotic or super lawful. I'm like, no, I'm playful good
0: like tender dragon lance
1: yeah and uh at one point i was in a campaign where my buddy and i were playing he was a giant goliath thing that didn't speak to anyone and i was a tiny halfling that sat on his shoulder and he would throw me into battle and then we saw (laughs) guardians of the galaxy and we're like oh dear we're rocket and groot okay well there's
0: that (laughs) uh and it's a a trope i love it no that's fun (laughs) yeah it was enjoyable yeah that's pretty cool yeah so it is gnomes that's it you've you've made it you've made a fan now
1: I'm
0: yes on Og, og's Play. on board with gnomes yep. uh florida kevin says but gnomes taste the best so
1: yeah. oh i do have a i do have a fun reason? sketch of a gnome. i do uh I I, I I draw people's characters so folks will contact me about like you know <gasps> is there anything them into you can't do oh
0: sorry <clears throat> go
1: ahead i don't know um probably I just, I, I like, I like trying a lot of art. It's not always great, but I like trying it. Um, but no, I have a really, I have a really fun, like, gnome sketch, uh, of, yeah, somebody who wanted to be a gnome alchemist with a giant spoon for mixing things and then catapulting potions (laughs) into battle. Um, and so I, I, I drew that character and that one is also, that one is on my website. So that's one of the ones that I popped up there because it just needed to be featured. (laughs) (laughs) so
0: cool. Oh my gosh. Multi-talented. I'm not jealous. I'm not jealous at all. Um, Let's see, so talking about um, Fine Crew, because we have to move on and we'll talk about D&D yeah. all night. Um, I love the uh, we talked about that. If you were forced to live in this world that you've created what one tool would you bring with you from your current life to help?
1: Oh, that's a good question. It's a new one, I like it. Yeah, what tool would I bring from my current world mm-hmm. with me? Ooh, um something, something that stores and plays music. Because there's there's a comment about like the the cadets at the academy being able to bring very 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 little with them, and mm-hmm. so each person like brings something small that kind of fits within the storage requirements. Um, and then they're all issued, you know, their uniforms and their flight suits and their wrist devices, and that's about it. And they've got like one personal item. Um, and and I I would want to bring something that I could use to just like music mode and. And be able to step away from whatever the modern futuristic
0: world <laughs> is. Yeah, I, <laughs> I need now. to feel at home for a moment. <laughs> yeah. Yep, that's a good answer. I need my music too. Um, so for this first book, you said it was easy to write. How long did it take you?
1: 10 weeks. Actually, each of the books in this trilogy <laughs> was, was a 10 week write. Um, really? So the so whole thing has been
0: pretty easy. It's not.
1: Uh, yeah, I book two, I, I'm not sure if I would say the book two was easy and the circumstances around all the stuff that was happening while I was trying to write book three was intense. So like mm-hmm. life stuff and other commitments got nuts then. But um, but yeah, but book one, I I actually, I managed to type the end right after sort of the eight week mark and then I I went through and shorted it up and I'm like, cool, I like this story. This is fun to read and, you know, sent it out to my alpha readers uh, right around the 10 week. But yeah, the other ones have been pretty much pretty consistently a 10 week completion nice. um yeah
0: that's called discipline we all need a little bit of that that was the <laughs> uh huh that's what that is um the uh so doing this now you said you are published with uh chris kennedy so congratulations we've got we've had a, quite a few yeah. of his authors on um what what authors? So speaking of that one, so it's just a lot of authors we've had through there. What authors have inspired you along the way? They don't have to be Chris Kennedy ones, but they can be. They might be listening.
1: That's fair. Um, so there, there are a lot of people that I had met in the recent years that I'm like, this person seems really cool, and I like, I like their vibe. I like the their you know, presence in the community and the kinds of things they're working on. Um, so Todd, Todd Fonestock, who uh, who's last I name... I love I'm, him.
0: I'm, I'm he was one of our on. first guests two uh, years ago. Oh
1: yeah. Oh cool. Oh, he's awesome. Yeah. Um I I just I really appreciated his his attitude and I really appreciated what he brought into community. And I've also I recently read his his book uh and the Unkillable*, which is through through CKP. So there is a little bit of like associated bias there, but like it's really good. I seriously appreciated that one. I need to I need to read the next one that's just come out. I'm um, also in that universe, so it's a big shared fantasy universe. And all of the covers kind of do look like D and D covers, so there there is some uh, there is some direct appeal there. Um, but yeah, but I really liked how how Todd worked in the community and. And also on the same token for people who have met Todd and and seen him at any events, uh, Chris Mandeville, who works with Todd and does the the First Pages Party, um, Chris was really instrumental in sort of helping me get involved in more of the community and to start hosting things. And I I started hosting online write-ins for, you know, other authors, some of whom were emerging like me and some of whom were like, oh, you're way more professional than I am. This is intimidating. But okay, join us. Write with us. We'll talk a little bit. Um hey,
0: peer pressure yeah, can't be so, powerful.
1: Yeah. So, so uh, those two were very, very helpful in the last couple of years. Um, Kevin J. Anderson is actually the person who I, I had read a lot of and followed prior to getting involved in the community. And so, you know, my introduction to everyone else happened because I wanted to meet him at a comic con. Um, and I'm I'm a huge Star Wars nerd. I have a I have a Star Wars tattoo on my right arm. I also have a Star Trek tattoo on my chest. So, like, y- yes to both. There. You're the communicator.
0: Um, That's what I want.
1: I do. I have a com badge.
0: <gasps> that's yeah. what I want. Yeah. See? Yep. Could
1: I have a com badge bad? on my chest. And uh, inside the comm badge, I have a silhouette of uh, the NSEA protector from Galaxy Quest. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, that is so, so oh, yeah. awesome. Yeah. Oh, um, that's what I yeah.
1: want. I want a comm badge. Yeah. And then the, I guess the earlier ones before that, uh, I I read a lot of like, Asimov and Heinlein and that kind of thing growing up, which is probably a lot of the standard answer for science fiction authors. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some of the weird ones, I read a lot of plays. I actually started writing for stage. Um, so, you know, that was when I was studying drama and I was writing plays and doing what I could to get those produced. And uh, so, yes, I read a, I read a lot of like the, the very classic theater literature and trying to maneuver from some of the things that I, I learned in in theater writing that don't totally translate to novel writing has been interesting and you know then editors correct me and that's okay um yeah
0: no that's great well I, I bet you get the blocking well though it's funny that I realized when I when I as an editor when I go through I'm like the blocking's off like he had a sword mm-hmm. and he doesn't and some people are like the what <laughs> it's like yeah. you
1: know the,
0: the, the block I, is that yeah. is that not a term people use I don't <laughs> I,
1: I mean it's, it's what I use and I Right. I can't, I actually can't think of a single time that an editor has told me that I needed to change anything in terms of defining where characters were placed in a room or how they were moving relative to each other. So I think I would agree. It's probably
0: that stage training. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yep. I think that's the same reason why I see it in my head, right? I see it. So I'm mm-hmm. really, I'm quick to point out Um. Yeah. that That's. it's not working.
1: <laughs> yep. I will also... I often draw diagrams and and mm-hmm. character sketches. These are not necessarily mm. good. I am not a professional artist, but these are like these are my concept sketches so that I can see it. Mm-hmm. Um, Makes sense. So I do, especially a lot when you of have that. lots of characters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amazing. Have you ever like written a scene and then realized you left someone out of the scene?
1: Yes. Um, yes. I feel like it's been a bit though um so one of the things that i do to prevent myself from doing that is i i have a habit of keeping sticky notes in a journal nearby so i can make note of who is where when and who i need to be at a certain place at a certain time um yeah
0: yeah so i've gotten to an end of a chapter and i was like uh gregor was here gregor was here the whole time he did nothing the whole time dang it (laughs) (laughs) i need to add it back in yeah Yeah. i feel you so, even with the blocking, of course, that's my yeah. own work, right? It's different when you're reading yeah. someone else's than when you're creating your own. It's yeah.
1: um, very oh, yeah.
0: different. Oh, you're good. They're here for oh. you, man. You want to talk, talk
1: Sometimes I will forget to mention a character for like the second half of the book. Like they will show up in the beginning and then they'll be off screen and I will forget <laughs> to mention them. So, if they're not on screen, then it is, or on stage or on page or whatever we want to call it. Uh-huh. It's hard. to remember to say by the way this person's doing this in the background so sometimes that's something that i will fill in like as the very last step even after all the proofing i will reread through it and be like oh this character is actually an important emotional stakes character in the first third of the book and i don't mention them after a certain point i need to at least allude to them existing
0: acknowledge their existence right (laughs) yep yep that's clever because we do that in everyday life right yeah <laughs> so um og wants to know what's the best play or musical that you have done you can define best however you want
1: yeah um i was in a production of bat boy the musical if if anyone's familiar with this one bat boy was, was written by uh, like keith farland the, the folks did uh, you're in town um and so it's you know rock musical based on like the structure of a greek tragedy and that tabloid story about bat boy found in a cave um it is delightful and i actually highly recommend people looking up the music so this was uh this was the university of washington's grad school production thing um and and i and i was i was cast as one of the leads so i yes yeah, so i was one of the two leads in that one and and it was it was so cool and so much fun and so much work to do and it was like gut-wrenching because it's like greek tragedy proportions and i had to kill five people and myself every night on stage while we were going through this um and when you know when the director found out that i that i i, I do partner dance so at the time i was teaching blues and swing dance as well um he's like oh you can choreograph this number so there's a bit where i as the evil doctor having an epiphany i'm supposed to pick up this you know, adult version of the bat child found in cave and dance around the stage with him on this raked stage that has a bunch of pitfalls and, like, get very close to the edge and lean and then get close to the other edge and lean. Yes, those pictures are also available online. Those ones never got taken down. Those are fun. Um, And apparently you didn't die,
0: so it worked out okay.
1: I did not die. Or unless this had been all a dream since then. Um, Yes, I did not die. (laughs)
0: Yes, Florida Kevin, yes, he can sing too. Do you see? Do you see that? I know. I know. Yeah, Yep. Yeah. He could do all the art things. And apparently you can teach math too. So you're even good at math. Jeez.
1: Right. Do you know all I'm the constellations
0: too? The... Come on now. I do gotta not. find a weak point. Mm. No? I,
1: I am not the very model of a modern major general.
0: <laughs> Younger than the Beatles, but older than the Rolling Stones. Let's see. Um no, it's the other way around. Older than the Beatles, but younger than the Rolling Stones. That's what it is. Okay, um, that's the the Pirates of Penzance. It's the pirate movie version. Oh, yeah, um, it's it's a satire. It's got. Um, Oh my gosh, I'm going to forget everyone's name in it. But anyways, it's hilarious. And the only person that was actually on Broadway with it is the guy who plays the Pirate King. And it's so good. And nice. it's a modern version, right? So there's some rock, like you said, there's some rock stuff in it. It's one of my favorite musicals growing up. Um, that's fun. Love it. I love yeah, I would yeah. highly recommend looking at one. It is worth a watch. That's very cool. catchy music. Um, And they only do a couple songs from Pirates of Sense, And that's one of them. They, do, they <laughs> do the modern major general, but they put some I different lines in it yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> <laughs> like that one older than the Beatles or yeah younger than the Beatles. no other way see i'm gonna get it right older than the Beatles, but i'm younger than the rolling stones and so they do with all the girls singing in the background all his daughters so it's it's really fun um it's a bit on the dirty side though and it cracks me up because when i watched it as a kid i didn't get half the jokes yeah right so when i watch again that's as an adult, i was like oh dirty. i didn't even get that one yep.
1: yeah <laughs> Yeah, I, I think that's a good kind of dirty joke. The one where, like, you know, if if a child happens to see or hear it, like, it's not going to negatively impact them. Nope. It's, it's later a reference to enjoy once they're old enough to be like, oh, how fun. I know. How clever. And that's Very
0: exactly, good.
1: Well done, exactly. Tim Curry. Well done. Yes. Um, yeah.
0: But, yeah, that's a lot of fun. Highly recommend it. Um, yeah. Well, that actually leads me to my next question. Uh, yeah. If you could listen. Ready? This is a tough one. I'm sorry. I apologize now, but I'm asking it anyways. If you could listen to only one musical for the rest of your life, which one would it be?
1: Ooh. Is there a good, like, collection musical review that I can, like, pull off? Ah, uh, and... cheater? Cheater. There's probably a way. Um, if I could listen to only one musical, uh, my, my, my knee-jerk reaction is, is would be to say Les Miserables. But, like, I don't know if that's one that I would want on loop forever. It's just, like, there's so much song content. Like, it's it's the, the whole thing. Yeah, the whole thing is an opera that has enough enough movements in it that mm-hmm. i can i can pull from it and not get as sick of it as quickly
0: mm-hmm.
1: <sighs> that's or you could just
0: listen to one day more and skip the rest of it because that really tells you the entire that's story true.
1: i have i've done a re-lyriced version of one day more which is one drink more like <laughs> on lyrics i yeah oh, that's awesome which is one that i posted and then pulled down from social media because i'm like i don't want my students to see this i'll, I'll put it back later when i'm no longer in the teaching world as much that'd be awesome <laughs> yeah
0: you need a pseudonym. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Awesome. So is Lay Miz your I, answer?
1: I think it has to be. I, I can't come up with anything that I need to switch to for now. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Maybe at the end of the thing, like 30 minutes from now, I'll be like, aha. Um, Wait, I know. <laughs> yes. No, I think that'll be it.
0: Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Lame is that works for me. I mean, a little depressing, but otherwise it works. Yeah. Like you said, musically, yeah. though, that's yeah. hard to get tired of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can you imagine any of your stories on the stage? Yes. Yes. Um,
1: so, so for one, I, I have I have written stage plays that have been produced. Um, so I've gone through that that process, and like, and like for my very first one, I was I wanted to be super involved and hands on, and like fine tune and tweak every piece of it. Um, and like, by the third, I was like, no, you guys do what you want. I wrote it. It's yours now. Just take it. Do the thing. You good. Um, and I, and I was able to do that through the rest of them. So I've had, I've had, I've had nice. 10 productions from things that right. I've written. That's and like, so cool. Yeah. So like, I, I've gotten to see various treatments of them and there were a couple where people wanted me involved and I was like, no, sorry, I'm working on a different project. Um, this is yours now. You do you. And, oh, and I get to such see Such a what, healthy what, what way to
0: look at it too. Good for you.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I've, to some degree, I feel like I do that whenever, like I submit a short story for publication. Like, you know, once somebody else has picked it up, like it's theirs. If they have a specific way that they're treating, like, grammar or phrasing or whatever, like, that that comma that comes before two, like, at the end of a sentence, comma, T-O-O, I don't understand the point of it. But if they want to put it in, cool. Um, I'm I'm not going to quibble about it. It's theirs. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) That's fair.
1: I don't feel that way about everything, but I'm I'm trying to get better at it.
0: I see why you're successful. Writers, take note. Comma's not that important, I promise. (laughs) That's awesome. So much on the stage. Um, Let's see. Your bio lists an interesting pet, a parrot. That's a parrot. so cool. I've always wanted a parrot. What kind of parrot is he or she? If she. You
1: know. um, so, yes. Yeah, so, she is a Solomon Islands Eclectus. She is red and, and purplish blue. And, um, yeah, there are times when I will I will let her sit on my shoulder for various calls. I didn't know if she would take kindly to this one, so I opted not to. You um, never know. Yeah. And she is... Uh, She's older than you'd expect her to be. So she's like, what, 22, 23 now? So she's old enough to order her own drink. Um, she <laughs> doesn't say too many words, but she tries to sing along with things. Um, oh. She will sing along with, like, the Star Trek theme. And uh, if, for Star Wars, if ever r 2 d 2s on screen and starts making noises, she will repeat them back. And my wife and I make the comment that she flirts with R2-D2. R2 is her boyfriend.
0: Um, oh. <laughs> yeah. oh, They would have such cute babies very much so, so <laughs> has she showed up in any of your stories
1: no actually she has not
0: oh that could be fun
1: I, I have a habit of not including pets in stories because i'm never quite sure what to do with them because I, there's always that that temptation to either make them like this pivotal focus or mm-hmm. to have something terrible happen to them and have them be a stakes character that drives the euro forward and i don't really like doing either of those things so <laughs> I've, I've left them out um for the Most
0: part, yeah. <laughs> well, good thing you don't write pirate stories. I mean, that could be a problem. Could have pets, yeah, yeah. It's required, doesn't have to be a parrot, but they, I mean, there have to be animals, it's just a requirement.
1: Yeah, I've tried my hand at a couple of space pirate stories. Um, <laughs> got one out in consideration right now, but uh, but I don't know, we'll, we'll see.
0: It might be an eventual, <laughs> could be fun. Pirates are coming into style again, Oof. so. They are. It's awesome. So when you sit down to write, what's the first thing you do?
1: Is it consistent? All right. <laughs> okay. This kind of, this, this takes a couple of different things. I think typically the first thing that I will do when I sit down to write, if I'm typing stuff out, is I figure out which set of music I need to listen to for the scene. Mm-hmm. And then I will pull up that specific Spotify list. Um, I've, I've got a nice. I've got a range of, of nonverbal and verbal versions of things mm-hmm. that hopefully won't distract me and have the right kinds of you know rhythms, momentums, things that I can follow. Um, or more recently, I have been I have been studying under the tutelage of 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 Martin, uh, so Martin Shoemaker. I've been chatting with him and frequently showing up whenever he's doing like the live storytelling stuff. And I'm like, I need to learn to dictate. Um, mm-hmm. Because I I will do like some live drafting while I'm out on a walk or while I'm driving. And it's, you know, they're they're very rough first drafts. But I want to get better at it because the word output is just so much faster. Um, So for those, I don't have a routine really. I I just kind of try to get over my nerves, turn on the the Dragon software and the other recording thing, so that I can both get the audio recorded and the, uh, you know, speech to text at the same time. Mm -hmm. And. Try to go through it as effectively as I can. Yeah. Well,
0: from what I've heard, it's a skill like everything else, right? So the more you do so, it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: Oh yeah, getting better as I go. I think we'll nice. work on it more. <laughs> nice.
0: Yeah, mine is still circular. I just not have not worked at it enough, and quite frankly, haven't had the time. Yeah. So I have to get over the circular. <laughs> it does no good if at the beginning I'm saying the same thing I said at the be- at the uh, or at the end I'm saying the same thing I said at the beginning. Yeah. Um. So that'll be cool hmm. um what is your favorite holiday dish
1: favorite holiday dish mm-hmm. so i come from a big greek family um and <laughs> um and i do make the comment usually when we get together for a holiday dinner the turkey is always for show right They're, they have the turkey out but people mostly eat the rest of the stuff because it's, the it's all
0: the side dishes. dishes that's
1: right right um <laughs> There's one particular dessert that that one of my theas makes. Um and I don't know the real name for the dessert, but she calls it salami because of its shape. It's just shape alone. Okay. It's this like it's it's this it's this rolled log thing that has like, you know, a dark chocolate shell around it and okay. and they and they slice it off in disks when it's in some state of like partially frozen. <laughs> I don't know what's in it or how to make it. Um, and in fact, like, even in my head, it's not it's not even pronounced salami. It's in my Thea's voice. And I, I, I apologize for any of the Greek family in the audience. If I'm going to, you know, make fun. But she says, I salami. And so the salami is my favorite holiday dish. Um, and to the extent that that, that she, she will say that she brings it just for me, which I really appreciate. Uh, <laughs> yeah,
0: that's so cool. So you have no idea what's in it. I've never heard of this.
1: I, I can tell you that there's, like, a dark chocolate shell around the outside. Oh. Um, the interior is some kind of a whipped mousse that gets solid-ish enough that, that they can put, like, um, it, I, I think they're just, like, Nilla wafers or something. Like they can put some kind of a wafer thing in there. So that when you slice into it, you get cookie bits, mousse bits, and then dark chocolate around the outside. Um, and it's, it's, it's just really good, Yeah. It tastes like everything taste that you would it. want from, like you know, a uh, a cookie dough ice cream, but like in this delightful little wafer. They just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's
0: so cool. And the most unique answer, you should win a prize. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> now, now that like travel is opened up a little bit, is there anywhere mm-hmm. that you would like to travel to that you have not been to before?
1: Yes, um, I'm not sure what's going to be. Next on the list. So my wife and I are moving across country in like two weeks. Um, so yeah, uh,
0: man, like right so, before Superstars. Holy moly!
1: Right, exactly. Yep, I know. So I, I so we're going to arrive there probably on like the thirtieth or thirty first of January
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, in our new house. Yay, new house. Um, hopefully get the books delivered that I'm having shipped to me by my publisher, and then on like what is it the seventh or something? Get on a plane. Uh, to Colorado with sure. whatever books have come in, if any. Um, yeah. How and funny. and then, and yeah, I'm, I'm going to be jetting around a little bit because I've got that one and then I'm, I'm flying to to L.A. for the uh, for the Writers of the Future Gala and then back up to Seattle because uh, there's there's another conference that I had, you know, applied for and kind of gotten involved Very in booked. prior to, yeah, prior to knowing exactly when I'd be across the country. Mm-hmm. So those are some big ones that are kind of taking up the list. Um My wife and I do want to go back to Europe. We want to want to be able to do a little bit more exploring there. Um, We did London and actually all of England and Scotland. We did you know the long loop um, shortly before the COVID shutdown. In fact, we got back in January of 2020, and you know and everything shut down. Good timing, Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. But I I would like to go back to Greece. Um, I haven't been to Greece as an adult yet. Um, So so I'd gone when I was younger. Got to stay in the village where my grandfather was born. Um, and, and like, I, I want to go back there and kind of re-experience that. A lot of people have been telling me that I need to go to Italy and I'm, I'm not against it. I'm just not sure if it's my highest priority. Um, and there's a, well,
0: you might have to, here's why. Cause <laughs> yeah. Florida, Kevin just put up on, from foodnetwork.com, Jada De Laurentiis. She has a okay. recipe, <clears throat> excuse me, for chocolate dessert, salami recipe. <laughs> Yeah, so so your aunt is. She did not name it incorrectly. That is actually what it says. So that is, that is what it's called. Okay.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, I can trust Jada. Um,
0: uh, yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> you like the whole time. That's it's awful. like, and I'm sure it is called that because that's what it's shaped like, right? But sure.
1: I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh.
0: That's awesome. I just <laughs> I just
1: assumed that it was the Greek family being Greek. Um,
0: yeah. Apparently, it's a Mediterranean thing. It's just kind of. <laughs> What? let's face it there's a lot of crossover between italy and greece even though they don't like to hear that but it's true
1: yeah so yeah that's
0: pretty cool yeah. <laughs> yeah. but you don't want to do italy even with like all of your like opera background
1: well, I, I i think i do i'm just not sure if it's going to end up being the highest priority uh that's, um, fair. that's it's, it's fair. just hard to tell yeah i mm-hmm. so my wife wants to go to france and and do like you know french wine country and that kind of thing and that sounds like fun too um I want to go to Copenhagen for reasons that I, I'm not entirely sure of and, and don't know how much to articulate. Just whenever I hear about it, I'm like, this sounds wonderful. I really need to, like, vacation in Copenhagen. And my mental image is, like, just being there, loving the place, finding a nice little, you know, apartment above some kind of a shop and writing a novel, and and then potentially, you know, having a ghost story experience while I'm there. Um, th- This <laughs> is my mental image of the place, so I feel like I should... <laughs>
0: I don't know. When, when when you say Copenhagen, all I hear is Danny Kay singing in my head, so I can't help it. That's what happens. Nothing, yeah. yeah. Hans Christian Andersen. Bam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that would be fun. That would be fun. I, I love that. Like, we're, you know, practical writers. We know, like you said, 10 weeks you wrote the book, right? You didn't take, you know, four years to, to – I mean, let's face it, the conceptualizing might have taken longer. But the actual writing is like 10 weeks. But yet we still have this wish, you know, this desire to just hang out at the cafe and casually write our book as inspiration hits us. Yeah. That's the dichotomy exists. Yeah.
1: There are are a couple of people in some of the writing groups who, you know, post whatever kinds of buildings and vistas from different countries and that kind of thing. And and at one point, I think it was uh, Alicia Kay posted... A picture of Hobbiton, like actual Hobbiton in New Zealand. And and I made the very serious comment is like we should organize a retreat there and write it off as a business expense. Like we'll just we'll just call it an official author's retreat and go hang out and Hobbiton You can have lots of
0: hands up for that one. Lots of hands up. What a great
1: it's someday. Uh
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean we can the plane ride's so long, we'll get writing done in the plane. (laughs) I mean someday. No, that would be fun. Yep. I mean they have like what 20 books to 50k all over the world and people go. So, yeah. you know, could actually happen. And it's a lot cheaper <laughs> if we're all like renting a place. There was I know there was a big writing group that like rented a castle in Scotland, right? But because Ooh, yeah. there was like 25 of them, it was nothing. Like the plane ticket yeah. was more than the rest of the time they spent there.
1: Oh, totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the weird thing about like so once once my wife and I are on the east coast, like mm-hmm. it will be cheaper to fly to Europe That's than it will cheap. be to fly back to the west coast. Which is just insane when we think about it. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Which we, I don't know. We started comparing prices, but we mostly me and my wife. Like, she's very big into like the things are opening up. We can travel again, and I'm like,
0: sweet, mm-hmm.
1: I'll follow <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: wherever you want, yeah. sweetie. Let's go. Who watches yeah. the parrot when you're gone?
1: Um, that's going to be a question for for wherever you know, whoever we talk to, where we're living next. Um, but previously, uh, if we were only gone for a few days, we could leave her be, turn on some background Star Trek, and and leave food around her cage for her to forage for her in addition to the usual locations. Mm-hmm. Um, but then otherwise, we try to find friends or family to either pop in and check on her or to take her in for, you know, if we're going to be gone longer than a few days.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure there's a teenager that would come help. My daughter would, you know, if we were close. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm sure there'll be a teenager who'd love to come over and, and play with the bird for oh. a little while. You know, mm-hmm. if she let them get anywhere near her. <laughs> I mean um, she's she's friendly enough. It'll work. Friendly enough. It'll work. It'll work. Mm-hmm. I always wanted an Afghan gray, but I figure at this point I'm way too old since they will live much longer than I will now. Yeah. I should have so gotten long. one when I was like 16.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. But
0: it's kind of too late now. It'd be mean to get one now. Yeah. Um let's see. I think we are on our we are, we are on our lightning round. Lighting okay. around um so what is your favorite flavor of ice cream
1: um mint chip most of the time
0: i see nice. you know, that one's very popular with writers mm. i find that funny there must be some kind of scientific study in there what's the first min- thing you do yeah i don't know it's something weird yeah. what's the first thing you do when you get up in the morning
1: um you, i usually do like the bathroom shower thing it's pretty boring but yeah
0: <laughs> no that's fair Um, (laughs) Do you prefer polos or button-ups? Polos Polos, nice Um, What is your favorite chore Oh, sorry, what is your least favorite chore No one a favorite chore What is your least favorite chore around the house?
1: Finding whatever went missing (laughs) I I don't like having to relocate something that's been misplaced (laughs) That's a chore? (laughs) It feels like it Whenever I was like, there's something that I can't find in the house and I need to find it before I can do anything else, I don't like that one.
0: <laughs> I love it. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you, Mike. You were amazing this evening. Um, where can fans find you and your work?
1: Uh, the best place to find me is going to be my website. So I am at mikejackstumbos.com. Um, all one word and absolutely no R's in Stumbos. Um, and that website has been growing a little bit over the last couple of years, so trying to post things like, you know, the most recent publications, places that I'll be at appearing in terms of, like, various conferences, conventions, so on and so forth. Um, and then, yeah, like what we were talking about earlier, there is an etc. page where I will post, you know, art samples and some of the the music. Um, so things that I posted on YouTube, parody lyrics, uh, mm. stories that I'm reading out loud. There's the, the Smeagol Golem, back-and-forth conversation that I YouTubed with myself and what? yes yes I have there's also a YouTube channel and that one is actually just Mike Stumbo's as opposed to Mike Jack that was I guess pre the brand um, Twitter <laughs> at MJ Stumbo's and I think I have an Instagram somewhere um, and I'll have to dust it off and figure out how to post stuff on it eventually Me too. Uh, yeah those are gonna be the big ones I do have a we- <laughs> I do have a mailing list on my website Mm-hmm. um so I've been doing monthly newsletter and, and along with you know talking about what I'm doing what I'm working on I've been trying to get into the habit of like reading other stuff from from new and upcoming authors and people in the community and then posting a couple of recommendations from those sets you know within every newsletter because I, I really like having that community connection um so that's another thing that I've been doing and yeah
0: nice and, and if they send up your newsletter you have a free um, story right
1: I do yeah yep
0: Free story sign and, up for the, the yep. And that's on his I just saw yeah. his website today and it's right there, easy to see. So
1: yeah. Yep. So I just fun. added the free story to it like like two days ago because I was like, all right, cool. I've got something that's back into my rights after it's been published, and yeah. Yep. And in ten days, uh the second book of This Fine Crew launches. So yeah, so book one, signal out of space, is already available and online. Um, And book two, A Rupture in Time, uh, comes out in 10 days, so January 21st, and I'm going to be doing a launch event for that as well. Um, Yeah, going to be reading some passages from the book in character voices, because I can't not, Um, (laughs) and showing some more of the concept art, Uh, and, and this time I actually think I'll get around to showing the actual character sketches. The first time somebody asked me about them and I was like, no, those are just mine. You can see general sketches of the species, but those character sketches are mine. And a buddy told me that I should share them for the next book. I'm like, okay, fine, I'll do that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Excellent, excellent. So please, now that Mike is your new favorite author, make sure to review his books and also review us wherever it is you get your podcasts. You can also... Uh, follow us on YouTube and subscribe on, I think I have that backwards. It doesn't matter. Twitch.tv slash cursedragonship or cursedragonship.com slash YouTube. So you can see all of our amazing interviews with our incredibly talented authors. And we will see you next week at 8 p.m. Central live with Jay Boyce. See you next time.